What's our plan? Buck, I have a plan. Oh, and I have all of that on camera. Great. 30 seconds. Enjoy your ride, Buck. No, you can't call me that. Why not? That's what Steve called you. Steve knew me longer, and Steve had a plan. 15 seconds to drop. I have a plan. Really? What is it? Sharon? Here we go again, huh? What's up? Why didn't you use the metal arm? Right-handed. And they might be a part of the big three. What big three? Androids, aliens, and wizards. That's not a thing. That, that's definitely a thing. No, it's not. There are no wizards. Dr. Strange is a sorcerer. A sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. Exclusively on Disney+. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, awesome. Hey, everybody. This is Jeff Sloboda, the host of the MCU's Bleeding Edge. And I have with me my good friend and fellow Rizzler, Cybernetic Shark. He is Yo. here as my special guest host this evening. And every time he's on this, this program or this uh, podcast or this live stream, and we were supposed to have Wilfredo, the host of uh, Stuck on My Mind podcast, my friend. But unfortunately, I think he told me that uh, his wife held him up or something like that or whatever. It does happen. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, like, uh, I respect that. Things happen. Things but happen. It, it's unfortunate because, I mean, Wilfredo's a good guy. I would have liked to have had him on here and had Cyber have a chance to meet him and everything and whatnot. Um, but... Real quick, before I give him a chance to go ahead and explain himself, I just wanted to go ahead and mention that Cyber, like I said, is a fellow Rizzler. And um, if, for those of you who don't know what that means, Rizzle is an app similar to TikTok, but better, as far as me and uh, Cyber are concerned. And basically, that's how I met Cyber. He also has a YouTube channel. He's a veteran YouTuber at this point. And go ahead, Cyber. You fill you fill out the rest of the information. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just like Jeff said, uh, I have been on YouTube quite a long time. I mean, technically, I've had a channel since 2011, but I really didn't start doing it like really on a continuous basis until 2013. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I do movie critiques, I do reviews, I do unboxings, I do all that kind of stuff on there. I do some parody stuff. I, I've created a couple shows of my own and stuff like that. But like Jeff was saying, uh, yeah, we've met on Rizzle. Uh, I do a lot of Rizzle videos too as well. Uh, we do a lot of back and forth talk on MCU content and stuff like that on there. Uh, and we just have a lot of fun. And Rizzle's a really great app. If you guys have not checked it out, you definitely should. It's a really fun app. Uh, and uh, you can get a lot of great content from that app. I mean, there's so many different people, different types of topics, all kinds of stuff like that. So not just MCU content, 
Uh, but yeah, lots of great stuff. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, hold on one second, Cyber. I am just basically trying to figure out why it is that OBS has like gained access to one of my webcams. Okay. No, I think I, I figured it out. Like, yeah, this OBS, OBS is kicking my butt, man. I got to tell you right now. No joke. Are uh, you OBS? Yeah, I'm telling you. Like, it, it, it doesn't sound I, I will have to go over there and I'll have to kick his butt, you know. Well, when, you hear, when you hear OBS, you know, it doesn't sound that bad. Mm. Um, It's just like kind of, you know, like it doesn't sound that daunting. But then once you actually like, you know, mess with it, um, it's a whole different ball game, man. Mm-hmm. Like, things stole one of my webcams. Now I can't even get it back. I'm getting pissed here. But anyway, so I, so basically, Cyber's right. Rizzle is an awesome app. I, like, I'll tell you right now. I mean, uh, I have no reason to, um, you know, uh, bloviate or like, you know, exaggerate anything about Rizzle. I mean, honestly, uh, it's home to me. Um, it's where I started with my content creation and everything, and I'll never forget that will always be important to me, you know, like, um, even, you know, even if the app maybe isn't very well known and most people that, that cyber and I tell about Rizzle, they don't even know what Rizzle is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it has 10 million downloads. You know? So, I mean, you know, like it's that's, out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, uh, honestly, like cyber said, I mean, look, when I first started on there, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know anything about content creation. I didn't know anything about making videos. And, you know, I learned on there. You know what I mean? It's a good place to, to get started, basically. Like, honestly, like, you know, I mean, if you want to get in on an app and be able to make friends. And that's the thing about, about like, TikTok that you don't get with Rizzle. Uh, even though they have the same kind of um, template. Um, on TikTok, you don't, you don't make friends you don't make like actual like real like friends and what you don't get people's phone numbers and stuff like that or talk personally with, with other other people on rizzle i can honestly say that pretty much almost all of the rizzlers that i that i go back and forth with and like know and whatnot i have their content information and we talk on the phone if not regularly like on intervals very much so right cyber i mean i don't know how mm-hmm. that is for you on Rizzle, I've never asked you about that. Uh, I mean, honestly, you're probably the first person on Rizzle that I've actually talked to personally on a, like, you know, personal level. Uh, you know, like, swapping contact information and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I definitely have done... Um, uh, there's one other character on Rizzle that I've actually done something outside of Rizzle with them, and that's Eddie Knight. Um yeah, uh, we actually did a podcast together, uh, and uh, we had fun doing that. That was really uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, what was what was the pop? What was the podcast about? Uh, we actually were talking about uh, Joker. Uh, we did a whole thing on uh, all the different Jokers, and leading up to the Joker film that came out in 2019. Wow, I'm not 20. I, I don't know. We, it had already been out. I don't know why I'm saying up to, but no, it had already been out by that point. Um, but we had we were just talking about you know uh, Joker stuff because 
he wanted to do a podcast about Joker related stuff because I guess it maybe it just had come out on DVD in uh, 4K at the time. I think did that's what it was. Did he go on your show? Uh, I went on his. Okay, cool. Uh, yep. I didn't know Eddie had a. I didn't know that. Can you hear me, Cyber? Yes, I can hear okay, you. Good. I did. Eddie had a podcast. Yeah, he does. Oh, that's good to know. Um, yeah. What What is his What is his content about? It's uh, all DC uh, U stuff, actually. Most of it. Uh, he. Uh, that's that was like what basically the gist I got of what his podcast was about because he said mostly he talks about DCU and just DC stuff. Um, so like he talks a lot about you know Batman, Superman. He talks about Batman versus Superman stuff like that, all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually haven't had a chance to listen to his podcast at all before we even did the podcast or since. Um, but. I do know that it's mostly it's DC related content that he does on his podcast. Well, funny that you mentioned him because he actually just hit me up uh, on a on a video on a tag. Yeah, he just hey. came back to Rizzle finally. Yeah, it was the first time I talked to him in probably I don't know over six months. Yeah. Um, you, I talked to Cutter. Do you know Cutter? Have you ever have you ever seen Cutter's videos or bumped into Cutter on Rizzle? Uh, you have mentioned him, but I have yeah. not seen his content. No. Okay. Yeah. He got kicked off Rizzle again. Apparently oh. they kicked him off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know why he has that problem. I don't get it, but like. Yeah. That's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's what I can honestly say. Back folks. On, I'm back on people. Two days later, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you right now with everything that's going on right now, we're not going to get into like everything that's going on with the deplatforming and you know the politics of all that with the big tech companies and stuff but realistic like realistically i'll tell you right now one thing i can say about rizzle and uh like with with factuality is that um rizzle is not about that like that they don't do that kind of shit rizzle doesn't play like mm -hmm. that they don't uh they're hands off like very yeah. much hands off like i mean honestly uh i don't know what do you think, Cyber? Are you surprised that they've allowed me to have the free reign I've had on the app for as long as I have and whatnot, and, like, I'm still on there? Uh, with all the stories you've told me of all the hardships you've you had. You might have seen some of, the, some of the other content I make on Rizzle besides MCU stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the stuff that you make, like, I, that I've seen and I've watched and stuff like that, um, I mean, I am shocked at how resilient Rizzle has been with that kind of stuff because – I don't see a lot of people have, you know, complaining about, oh, I got, you know, kicked off because I talked about something like this or that. Unlike TikTok, where it's like pretty much every single day there's somebody yeah. saying, I've been kicked off or I Good can't point. go live or something like that. Um, so it it's, is shocking that you don't have that problem on Rizzle. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me a little bit because I feel Rizzle isn't run by, you know, somebody that would have that kind of you know, agenda. So I think that probably plays a big counterpart into it because I believe Rizzle is not based in the United States. I think it's based it's somewhere else. But, but so. it's not, but Vidya is, is a leftist. Mm. She is. She's like a leftist. She, I mean, she's okay. not liberal. She's like far left. That's what, that's yeah. what her politics are. Just to be Kinda honest. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, you know, based on what I've seen from her videos and whatnot, you know, um, I, honestly, I mean, I want to believe it's a very interesting situation when you think about it. Um, I like to believe that 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 to some extent Rizzle 
knows that I bring balance to the app. Mm -hmm. You know, I do. Um, the entire app is made up of nothing but people on the left. It is. Mm -hmm. And honestly, for a long time there, I don't know if you knew it or not, Simon, but I was the only conservative on the app at one point for a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was rough. Mm. You know, I went through some dark times on Rizzle, man. I'll tell you right now, for a minute there. I I, I knew you I knew you said that you went through some rough times with yeah. certain people on Rizzle, but I didn't realize that you were the actually the only conservative on there. Oh, I, I was. Yeah, that, no. I was. Now that now um uh, uh Francesca came on the app, um and she's a conservative, so she kind of took some heat off me, mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, which is nice, you know, because uh, she's well spoken and attractive and young and everything and whatnot, you know, so like, you know, they can't like, they can't call her names, you know, like it's work. Um, but whatever. Not I, like you though, you know, yeah. you're like, what oh God, I'm the looking boy. Stuff. I'm the looking boy. There's people on Rizzle, their whole content is making videos talking about me. Yeah. You know, which is kind of about it. I don't watch any of that. I don't listen to any of that stuff or watch it because I can't watch it. Yeah, okay. it just drives me crazy. I wish I wish I had thicker skin and I could just I could just watch it and it wouldn't bother me or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, but I'm just not one of those people. Like, I can't. I don't like it when they're on there like railing on me and who I am and yada 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 and everything. It's like you don't know me. Yeah, you know, like you never had a you never had a vocal conversation with me before ever. You know what I mean? Like we've never talked, you know, at all, uh, other than like swearing at each other. You know, and like stuff like that, but uh, whatever. I don't want to. I, I I should I shouldn't let my, the the political stuff taint the MCU stuff. Correct. So okay, so basically, the whole the whole scheme or the whole schematic of this whole show with me and Cyber, it's let it's been left to us to go solo on this. Is we're going to delve into um all of the Phase Four Disney Plus series, and honestly, Cyber, now that it's just two of us, I thought about it. I don't think we're going to make it all the way through all of them. I don't think we will. No. You know, I'm just, I'm we just, can try. We can try. Because the, the dynamic's different now with Wilfredo not here. At that point, I'm kind of actually more open to more of an expanded dialogue on WandaVision mm -hmm. or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, even though we're doing the review and the preview tomorrow night at 9 p.m. right here on the end. All the, the same two dudes right here that you see right in front of you. We're gonna be back at it again, like like soldiers. Like what's up? Getting after it. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have Perry Ramsey too. He's yeah, back. Perry's gonna be there. He's he's a yeah, he's a fixture. We got to have Perry. Mm -hmm. um, I already miss he's him. Like our, he's like our second half. Yeah, I miss him. I already do. Like you know what I mean? Like I miss his uh, energy. Mm -hmm. You know. But it's different. It's a different dynamic when when I work with you one on one than it is with Perry. Yeah, you know, because uh, Perry's a little bit um more like uh, laid back and um kind of young and green to where like he he'll he, at times he almost purposely just lets things in, mm -hmm. you know, and then kind of retorts and everything. You know, he's I mean he he's kind of like Jassum in a way. In that yeah. sense. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, you and I just talk. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, like, you know, we're just kind of off the cuff and say what we want to say. And, you know, I'm a little bit more loud mouth than you are. But, um, <laughs> so, all right. I mean, to start things off, what I'd love to do 
And I just want to be very uh, genuinely honest that I really appreciate every single person who has uh, followed and subscribed to my MCU's Bleeding Edge YouTube channel and um, the people who go back and watch the live streams after they become just regular videos on YouTube. You guys are great. That's, that's awesome. And honestly, uh, you know, my main goal with this whole thing is consistency at this point. I'm not really all that concerned about the statistics of the whole situation. I'm new to YouTube. But at the end of the day, um, you know, just like Perry, Cyber is a is a special um, guest host to this program. And what that basically entails is that as far as I'm concerned, um, he's like a, almost like a partner, you know, on this, you know, this, this with this brand, like with the podcast, with, uh, you know, with these live streams, with the YouTube channel. Um that's how I feel about it, you know, is, is basically like uh, it, it's very much a like a fair and balanced kind of deal, you know, because, I mean, we all bring something to the table in our own way. And that's what makes the three of us with Perry work very well, I think. Very well. Yeah. And you, all, and you all see tomorrow night. And that's the thing about the consistency aspect of this. I love the fact that we're going back at it tomorrow night at nine. That's awesome, dude. It's awesome that we're doing it right now, and we're going to come back tomorrow night. And do it <laughs> Give you double dosage, people. It's going to be intense. Man. No, it's cool. It's going to be cool because, like, it's a learning experience. You know, like tomorrow, I'll make sure that I I get in quicker, like onto the studio and into the stream and whatnot a little bit earlier than I did this time. You know what I mean? You know, it's all learning experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. This is our we're, we're just learning how to do live streams at this point. Basically, we, mm -hmm. we don't have, we don't have any experience with this stuff No. You know, I mean, I've done some political ones here and there and stuff like that. Those are easier, honestly, because yeah. I mean, that's just like pure off the cuff. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, pure mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, pardon my French uh, crap talk, you know, like <laughs> you can just say whatever at that point, you know, when it's political, you know, uh, I mean, it's a little different with MCU. I mean. When it comes to talking about Marvel Studios, uh, you got to pick your spots to like insert humor and like you know, drop us an f bomb or like an an s bomb here and there. Like you got to yeah. pick your spots. Mm -hmm. So Cyber, let me ask you to start things off. Um, why don't we? Do you, do you want to start with Wandavision or do you want to start with Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Let's start with Wandavision. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and play the trailer, and I think this is gonna be great. Me and Cyber talked right. about this earlier. I'm going to play the first trailer of WandaVision, and I think this is going to be very cathartic because uh, Cyber and I invested a lot of time and effort and thought, you know, process into WandaVision. We really did. Got really wrapped up into it. And this is going to be my first time looking at this, at this trailer in months. So I think it's probably going to evoke some interesting you know, perspectives and like, you know, thoughts and, and whatnot about the whole series in totality. Now that we have this chance to go back again, like almost like we're, you know, this is, this is four months of no back or whatever. And we get to watch this trailer. It's yeah. different, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, we gone from episode one to episode eight or nine, I should say. And yeah, I mean, watching this trailer is probably going to be really interesting because simply for the fact that, Everything that's in this trailer, we now have officially seen. So it's kind of like going to be like, holy crap, I know that, you know, so it's it's going to be way different. It is. And that's that's why I really like when I mentioned this to you earlier today, 
I really thought like in my head, like this is going to be very unique. Like I like this, this, this concept, you know, like it's a good way to, um, you know, get back into a property like WandaVision where we kind of cooled off for a minute, but Hey, you know what? Like it's still phase four. You know what I mean? It still connects to the MCU. It's important. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be a big fixture. It's going to be, it's going to play a big part into the MCU overall in the long term. We just haven't seen it all unfold yet. Yeah. You know, um, and let's just go ahead and dive into the trailer. And then we'll 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 start right off with you, Cyber. I'll let you start off, and then okay. I'll come up for you, and we'll just talk about you know what our thoughts are on the whole thing after getting a chance to see this. Wonder and vision. Aren't we a fine pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas. Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Is this really happening? Am I dead? No. Why would you think that? Because you are. Unusual couple, you know. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. <laughs> that was cool. That was very. That was that was interesting to revisit. Yeah, it was most definitely. What do you? So, what do you think, Cyber? What was your? What was your fresh take on that? I mean, after rewatching it, it's kind of funny because it kind of like really focused, if you notice, really focused on the very first episode, like mainly, and it gave mm-hmm. you that kind of vibe. And then it kind of, after it kind of gave you that little bit of a snippet from that episode, it kind of went through a few different episodes, you know, uh, showing it going from black and white to color. Then it showed like several of the different decades that it's supposed to be representing, shows vision kind of going up and searching the town. Uh, him and coming contact with Agatha and uh, really doesn't show like much of, you know, basically sword or anything like that or anything going on certain like that. So like, even though we know all that happened because we've watched the complete series that rewatching that little snippet of that trailer, you're kind of like only got a piece of what that whole show entitled to us to They gave us, you know, that huge story basically of Wanda, like I've said in previously, you know, basically it's an origin story for Wanda kind of, and giving you an idea of what she's dealing with after the events of Endgame. This trailer, it just seems so funny to me right now because it, it really didn't show much. And no, good call. It, with what little it did show though, it piqued your interest so much. Uh, you know, and just re-watching those little bits and pieces, it just made me think how much I loved WandaVision too. So re-going over that trailer again just made me realize how much I still love WandaVision and how great of a show it ended up being. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what what do you th- what do you think cyber what is going to be the long-term impact do you think of WandaVision? I mean, how do you think people are going to view the series as as time passes and it becomes 2022, 2023? I don't think we're going to get a second season. I'm just I'm just guessing. Yeah, I I think that was the finish of that series. I really think it was just kind of like an origin story movie basically that they put into nine episodes. And I think as time progresses, you know, who knows how much Wanda's going to be involved with, you know, Doctor Strange too. I mean, we know she's going to be in it. We know that she's going to be probably a big part of it. Uh, All depending on how much she's actually shown, I feel is how it's going to impact people further down the road, you know, after having seen WandaVision. I think a lot of people are going to take the pieces that they saw of what Wanda basically became and they're going to, you know, be excited for future adventures of Wanda. Uh, I personally feel like as time goes on, I'm going to keep reflecting back to certain things that happened in that series uh, as things unfold in the actual MCU and go, holy crap, that happened back then. And I can see why it correlates with this. So I think this, I think WandaVision is going to have a huge impact on the MCU further down the road because we're going to look back and there's going to be things that, we saw you know, in WandaVision that end up actually getting foretold in future MCU projects, probably. Yeah, I think that's a great take. I really do. I think that that's a good point to make, a good connection to make. Uh, I mean, not just the, uh, the, you know, the, the reality we've known for a long time that Wanda's going to be a big player in this whole, um, you know, multiverse of madness trilogy type deal, you know, like... Uh, Obviously, we have no way of knowing really what her whole role in Spider-Man 3 is going to be. But honestly, I mean, I think it's a great, like, interesting uh, tie-in, like, to have her jump into that film. It's kind of cool. You know, like, you wouldn't expect to see the Scarlet Witch in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, he, She, her type of origin or her type of character in the MCU is very much more interconnected with Doctor Strange because he's all about the mystic arts which is pretty much what Wanda's about so the fact that they have her in you know multiverse of madness versus in far from uh, No Way Home whatever they call the next one yeah No Way Home Home. Uh, I totally could see her being in Doctor Strange more than she would be in the third Spider-Man film. I mean, who knows? We don't know. She could pop up in it that we don't know about yet that has to do with the multiverse. And next thing we know, she's a huge part of it. Who knows? I mean, they've really kept, I feel, the third Spider-Man very much under wraps for what it's going to be about, you know, except for a few tidbits here and there. So, I mean, Wanda's really going to go in places probably now that we don't even know. And she's going to become, you know, kind of like, kind of like what we talked about before that maybe Wanda's becoming the main villain. You know, maybe she's going to become a villain. You never know. So it possibly could happen that that is a bigger picture of what maybe all this entails. I I really honestly, I mean, she could become a a full-blown villain or she could be an anti-hero, which she already is to begin with, you know, um, and just, and kind of live on that edge. You know what I mean? Like where she's already kind of at, you know, um, because I mean, she has good in her, 
like as a person, like she's not a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, even though in WandaVision, she seemed very like cruel and everything and whatnot at the end there, when you saw like what she was doing to those people in the town, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, and then kind of like her, her flamboyant attitude towards that whole disposition when she like walked back through the town and shit, like she was just like, she didn't even care. She was very, yeah, aloof. yeah. very aloof, you know, like almost like nothing even happened. Mm-hmm. You know, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I mean, look, they had to make the finale work a certain way. They turned Agatha Harkness into, like, the major villain of the show. Good for them. Like, I mean, they did a good job with that. I mean, we nobody expected it. You know, like, we were all looking for bigger characters to pop up, like Nightmare or uh, the Grim Reaper or, like, um, you know, or Mephisto or whatever. And it ended up just being Agatha Harkness. And she had yeah. the dog and you know, like you know that, and that just like honestly, cyber, that's that's like that. I mean, that might be a bigger game changer to the entire structure of the MCU overall, long term, than the whole multiverse of the madness deal, the whole trilogy of uh, it. Might it might the dark hold being opened up and introduced into the MCU is going to tie into an entirely different aspect and and side of the MCU than we've seen before. Um, you know, like not like, you know, not like Dr. Strange, not the mystical arts, you know, not like Wanda, not magic or witches or warlocks, but like supernatural beings, monsters, Dracula, Mm -hmm. werewolves, you know, um, I mean, you stuff like that, you know, mummies, you know, like stuff like that, you know, like Frankenstein, all that, all that Mm -hmm. that kind of monsters. Um, I don't know what to call that part of the MCU. Like some content creators call it the monster verse. Yeah. I don't like that very much, to be honest with you. I don't think it's a very fitting title, to tell you the truth. I mean, mm. uh, I like um, I like I like to look at it as like the supernatural wing of the MCU. You know, like mm-hmm. the um, the like the voodoo. You know, like the um, the the like the satanic, like the you know the 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 wing that of the MCU that ties into Mephisto and Hell and Ghost Rider and you know Blade and you know, I mean, let's not forget. Uh, I, you know, I actually heard the other day that um, pre-production on Blade started. I told you already, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know what? That, yeah. That's cool. I, it really is cool to know that, that that that's coming on the burner eventually. It really yeah. is. Like they 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 started writing. They've started working on the script and stuff like that. Um, we already know Mahershala Ali is supposed to be Blade. Um, nothing more else has really come out about characters in in the show. But I do recall you telling me that pre-production had begun, that they were starting to get the script all written and get it to where they wanted to be to, for you know the next phase, wherever Blade ends up fitting into. Uh, oh yeah, I do recall uh, hearing a, a little bit about that, but that's pretty much all I've heard, not nothing more. But like talking about the MonsterVerse, which you know you saying that they shouldn't use the MonsterVerse, you don't like the term. I, I agree with that simply the fact that there's other things using the MonsterVerse in their verses, in their type yeah. of deals. So, I mean, I think of that more as the uh, most definitely like the supernatural elements of the MCU as well. And uh, definitely if there's a term for it, you know, I would love to know it so that we can use it more. Uh, 
because it would be nice to be able to just be like, you know, reference that and be like, oh, yeah, yeah that's what you're talking about. I just couldn't think of the right term to, to like, yeah. label it, you know, like, I mean, um, there are, I mean, there's so many different aspects to that whole genre of like the, of, of like the MCU. Um, you've got like, uh, you know, you've got like real anti-heroes, like, you know, characters who kill people, you know, like, I mean, you know, and like, uh, you know, like Ghost Rider, like punishes people, you know, yeah. I mean, like tortures them and stuff like that with his pen and stare and everything and whatnot. Like, I mean, uh, these are like, not, not just like, you know, um, these are not just like, uh, potentially, you know, um, like, like semi-hero, superhero, like hero types. These, some of these like characters are actually like on the borderline of like being a villain, like, and a, and a hero, like, some of them are like you know crazy, or like uh, or you know or uh, nuts or like vindictive or brutal or I mean that's and you know what, I, that's why I really am kind of and I want to just I want to close this out and move on, but I really want to see what they're gonna do in terms of if they're gonna come up with their own department uh, or their own like um, their own I don't know um, category. Their own, their own, uh, like you know, yeah, category with Disney like Plus. subgenre or something. Yes, where they where they can fit these type of films and these type of properties, like The Punisher, you yeah. know, and Ghost Rider, into the into and you know into those into that like category because, I mean, it's not you know I mean of course Deadpool is is an R rated movie. We all know that it's not going to work unless it's R rated, but The Punisher goes beyond Deadpool. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's real blood and guts. Like he kills people all the time. It's what he does. Yeah. Um. You know, and uh, that's gonna be an interesting, like you know, situation to see how Kevin Feige, at Marvel Studios, handles the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, because I mean, the loyal fans, the comic book fans, will freaking get pissed if they try to PG thirteen like The Punisher. Yeah. They yeah. will. Mm-hmm. And they'll be loud. Yeah, Punisher, Punisher is just like Deadpool to me too, and like Blade. All of those need to be an R rating because that's what they are yeah. in comic books. They are not kid friendly. They are gruesome and all about death. And kind of similar to with Ghost Rider too. I feel uh, we've talked about this before that Ghost Rider has a very dark past too yeah. and gruesomeness to its comics too. So I mean, all those being you know such a gruesome type of you know or darker I should say comic books that have Ghost Rider almost takes it over to the level of horror in a way. Yeah, Should right. Be more of a like supernatural kind of subgenre of themselves because they're just that's the type of films they are. Uh, or comics, I should say. Because uh, even, I mean, when they try to do, like, the first two uh, Ghost Rider movies that they decided to do with Nick Cage, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the first one, they went with a PG-13 rating flat. Yeah. And then the second one, they actually tried to go more of an R with Dean and Neville Dean, uh, or Neville, Neville Dean, or however they call their names. They tried to went with a more darker approach to the Ghost Rider, how the comics were. And I could see the difference in how much better that one was versus the first one, I feel. Uh, okay. Simple fact that it was closer to the comics. Cyber, I, I still think Marvel Studios can can kill it with, with that character. I really oh, yeah, do. I, I think Marvel Studios gets a, gets a hold of that character. They're going to take it to, like, a different level. Um, I really, like, I literally, really, um, 
I, I really like honestly like feel like they're just their production abilities and like their capabilities, what they can do on screen is just beyond anything that those Ghost Rider films did. You know, like the CG, the CGI and everything, what they can do a Ghost Rider, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I want to believe that Kevin Feige knows that there's a certain way that these characters have to be handled and that's just it. Like there's, yeah. just, you know, I mean, um, I to knock on wood. I still have not even watched the Punisher on Netflix, and all I ever hear from people is that that it was great. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. All have you ever? Everybody I ever who's ever seen it and has told me said it was awesome. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Like everyone that I've like seen people talking about it, it's the same thing. They say it's a really good, like it's one of the best of the Netflix Marvel series that they've made. They said, yeah. Uh, and saying that, you know, uh, uh, Barenthal did a really good job of playing the character, too. Yeah, I hope he comes back. I really do. Yeah. I knew I didn't see him in The Punisher. I loved him in The Walking Dead. I, I've loved him in movies. He's a good actor. He really is. And he looks just like Frank Castle from the comics. He mm -hmm. does. Yeah. You know? He does. He looks a yeah. lot like him. I, yeah. I noticed that. Hair color and everything. Like, you know, I mean, you know, he's got some very strong features to his face, which is yeah. like kind of how Frank Castle is and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, um, well, back to WandaVision, as far as watching the trailer goes, it's, um, it's, it's a whole different situation to look at it now. Like it really is after, after watching the whole series, I mean, you know, it makes me, it, it, it's interesting thinking about the thoughts I had seeing some of those scenes in the trailer, trying to understand what was going on with the with the characters and the plot and everything and how off i was you know like not even close to what was really going on um <laughs> that's you know that's cool i love that aspect of the mcu yeah it was interesting too because like i mean we talked you know pretty much every week about the new episode or whatever and like what was going on and stuff like that and we kept shooting back and forth our ideas of what could be going on and then when it got to the end and it ha was just all agatha we're just kind of like dumbfounded like huh <laughs> like there's got to be more to this than they're showing us like you know and going back to talking about maybe the future of you know wanda herself maybe down the road maybe there is more we'll be getting that maybe we'll recorrelate and come back to wandavision and you know those things i was talking about like certain points in the show that we saw that we we're kind of like okay I, I get what they're doing with this but we really don't have an explanation for it maybe they'll be explained and we'll like okay that does interlink to that maybe something we already talked about so you never know it, it can go any which way yeah i mean that's you know you go, that's one thing i like i love about the mcu is that they're very good at storytelling you know i mean they really know how to uh you know, do the fan service, but at the same time, keep us on our toes to where like our theories sometimes are, are like, you know, spot on. And then other times they're like completely off, you know? And, um, you know, and then at the same time too, like we talked about earlier, you know, I read this whole synopsis for Falcon and the winter soldier and how it's supposed to work, like work out and everything. And it's already turned out to be, you know, basically full crap, you know, yeah. I mean, um, and, at that point, like my whole perspective of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series is totally different now. Mm -hmm. You know, because like I really had a lot of faith into that leap. I did. Yeah. I thought it was valid. It sounded good to me. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, I mean, that's a good good bridge. Let's jump into talking to the Winter Soldier. Let's okay. just let's do a quick, just a quick kind of um, take on like where the series is at right now, you know. And Cyber, if you could, what like I know that like you know there's that, that there's a lot of characters that have not yet been um, introduced in, on the show. But for you, I mean, um, is there anybody like, you know, do you think, you know, based on what you know from research and what we've seen so far, is there anybody, is there a Monica Rambeau on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you think? Do you think Sharon Carter could be the Monica Rambeau of, of the series? Well, from the trailers I've seen and her being a big part of the series, um, just from what I've seen of her character in the trailer and so forth, which I feel that her character is going to have a big uh, outcome and outtake into the series itself. I feel that possibly, yes, she could be the Monica Rambo of, of Falcon the Winter Soldier. She could be. I don't know if I'm not super familiar with Sharon Carter's background in the MCU. Uh, but I do know that there is so many possibilities that it could go in that direction. So I totally, totally think that, yes, Sharon Carter could be the Monica Rambeau in the Falcon and the There could be somebody else that could be because, like you were saying, yeah, they really haven't introduced many people except we saw Rhodes, we saw Falcon, we saw Winter Soldier, uh, we saw, you know, a couple people he was interacting with, we saw a, f- a few Flagstaffmen, uh, but not too much into them. Or, and not too much into like Bucky's, or not Bucky's, uh, Sam's friend there that we were talking about, about getting beat up and stuff like Torres. that. Yeah, Torres. Um, you know, we didn't get much into them very much. So, you know, we don't have much to work with yet. But to answer your question 100%, I feel that Sharon Carter could be the Monica Rambo of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, let me ask you another question. Do you think the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is even the type of series that where there even could be a there even could be a comparison towards WandaVision where there even could be a, a Monica Rambeau character that could surface like through the series? Or do you think it's such a different series with a different tempo and a different type of like environment and chemistry where maybe you know there, there might not be room for that to to work out? That is true. Uh, I mean, for everything I've seen read, saying that the Falcon Winter Soldier is supposed to be a very straightforward story. Like, it's not supposed to be like WandaVision at all. It's supposed to, you know, everything is supposed to be pinpoint and accurate. Whereas, you know, you were very confused through WandaVision a lot of time until they explained something. So, I mean, in reality, if it is that type of show, then that really wouldn't leave any mystery to a Monica Rambeau type of character. But at the same time, we know Marvel is very much into show, still giving you surprises, even in the most straightforward stories. So it's still, I feel, a very big possibility there could be a Monica Rambeau type of character, even though it's a very straightforward story. Because, like you know, like I said, it, Marvel likes to put those pop-ups and things, I call uh, and really surprise you with certain things because I mean, there's been I definitely feel in certain movies, uh, like I would say, for instance, with the Captain America series, you know, you went from the very first Captain America film, you had the hugely successful Winter Soldier film, yet Civil War, which you know continued kind of the story with the Winter Soldier and so forth, but it, you got with Civil War was basically almost like an Avengers two point five. 
Yeah. Whereas the first uh, Captain America was a solo film. And then I feel Cap, uh, Winter Soldier was kind of like the catalyst to start this whole series kind of on. So even if you like how they did that, you were very shocked at how good Winter Soldier was compared to the first Captain America because you weren't too sure because of how the first Captain America was. Because I think out of the three Captain America films, I think a lot of people agree that the first Captain America is the least favorite of the Captain America films. So you go with that kind of Joe Johnson type of feel that they did with that to this action-packed Russo Brothers films. That, to me, is like a shock factor or that pop-up where it totally changed the playing field. So Falcon the Winter Soldier could be one of those types of plays where we all of a sudden, it's like it changes formula again. We get the Monica Rambeau type of character in the show, even though it's a very straightforward story. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, you know, basically, uh, the Torres character, Sam's buddy from the Air Force, in the comics, that character becomes the Falcon when Sam Wilson becomes Captain America. So there's already a precedent for that character in the in the in the six one six Marvel Comics universe or whatever. Mm. That's I'm not saying that character is going to become Falcon or whatever. I mean I'm not even sure. I'll be honest with you, I'm not even sure that when when Sam does eventually get the shield and everything, I'm not even completely positive that he'll lose the wings. He might stay Captain America with the wings. Yeah, it's I mean it's, it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, to think about, I mean, um, but at the same time, though, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to, I'd actually kind of like to see Sam mixing it up with the shield, like Steve Rogers fighting people one-on-one with hand-to-hand and everything like, you know, and without the super soldier serum too, mm-hmm. that, would, that would be badass. It would be, yeah. you know, cause that's yeah, my, totally I don't, I honestly, my whole feel on the whole thing is that he's not, no matter what they do or say, he's not going to want to take the super soldier serum. Yeah. Bucky's going to be like, no, don't do it. It's not yeah. working. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, most totally 100% agree there. Because I, I don't know, I, like, a, you're the comic book expert here. I'm not, I don't remember hearing that Falcon ever did take the Super Soldier Serum in the comic books. So no. I don't, so he, if that's. I don't believe so. I think yeah, he was never, so I don't think he was ever in there. They would probably, Marvel would probably stay true to that and not have, but you know, Sam take the super soldier serum because we can, as we've seen throughout many of the films that he's been in, he can kick butt without the super soldier serum. So why would he need it? Oh, and his hand to hand was great. in episode one, it was, oh, yeah. it was great. That, that action scene was like, I mean, we haven't seen one in so long that it almost like, uh, it, 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 it wasn't as, as big as it should have been. Like it almost, it didn't, you know, it, we I and mean, we haven't we haven't watched that type of MCU type stuff in a while, and it was kind of different, you know. After seeing Wandavision and that pace for like nine weeks or whatever, all of a sudden having an action scene within the first two minutes of the the first episode, I was like, wow, you know. And I mean, you tell me, my my, I'm not I'm not even gonna make a like a long lasting. I'm not gonna do any theories with the series or anything like that. My my thing is is basically just that. Two things. Um, one, um, I love the fact that they that they had Sam lead off the first episode, and they did that action scene with him and focused on him because mm-hmm. even though I know it's 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 him and Bucky, they they're make they're the ones that are going to make the series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I almost feel like Sam is really the one um, under the gun as a character in in the show. You know, like he's the focal point in a way. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, like from the get go, from the from that episode when it first starts, and you see Sam right off the bat, uh, giving him, and we've talked about this that giving him kind of like his kind of soloness to the show, you know, kind of giving his character more screen time so that you are more aware and get to know him more versus, you know, him being that little side character that we first see in winter soldier. And then we see him a little bit in civil war and Endgame and infinity war and so forth. Um, this is his time to shine. And they really started that off of the series really well so that we get more of that same time that we've been craving, you know, to see because we just really enjoy Anthony Mackie as Falcon. Yes, good point. Anthony Mackie is, is great. I thought that his portrayal of Sam in that last scene with the uh, with U.S. agent John Walker running out as Captain America, his eyes, his facial expressions and everything, like it was very difficult to like really understand or grasp the totality of what he was going through, you know, like I didn't know what, how to like really read him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, that whole expression at the end of the episode, when John Walker pops out, you're just kind of like, you can feel kind of what he's kind of thinking, but it's not a hundred percent. It's emotional, but it's not like an outburst. Yeah. It's more of, it's more of like an emotional look on him. Where it's like, kind of like, oh God, why are they doing this kind of deal? I felt that's what I kind of got from what it, what yeah. he was trying to portray there. Uh, like, that should, he wasn't like really saying, oh, that should be me. It was more of like, why are they doing this, really? Well, I think it's pivotal that we really, we really delve into this and talk about this because, like, really, this, this is a major plot, you know, like aspect of the show, really. It really is. It might be the biggest one. Is, is like Sam being able to reach the point where he feels like he's man enough or whatever to be like Steve Rogers or be his own Steve Rogers, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, or not be Steve Rogers, but just be himself mm-hmm. and, and be Captain America, you know, like however he make, however he mentally makes it work, you know, um, because I mean, um, it, it makes sense that he played that scene the way he did and kind of left things to where we didn't really get a, a good read as to exactly what he really was feeling because, I mean, there's got to be mixed feelings there. Like, I have to believe, just like we talked on Rizzle, I have to believe that there must be just a little bit in, internally a, a thought in his head like, that shield was given to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if anybody should be running across that, that you know, football field or whatever, slapping hands at people and everything and whatnot with that outfit on, it should be me. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where the racial aspect of the series starts to really kick in and really like become a, you know, a fixture. And I'll be honest with you, I've heard from people that the showrunner for the series has been linking Black Lives Matter to the series and stuff like that and all kinds of stuff. Mm. I don't like hearing that. I got to be honest with you. Like I, I was totally fine with the whole aspect that they were going to bring up race and make race a component of the series. I thought that was fine. I really did. I, I'm usually the type where I don't like that PC, you know, woke kind of stuff being thrown into my uh, my TV or my movies. 
Yeah. But in this situation, I thought, you know what? This makes sense. Like, you know, it, it, if you're going to try to tie the, the show into, like, what's going on in our own culture, you know, you should deal with race. You should get into racism, you know? Um, and I thought they handled it well. I, I think they did. I really, I, Honestly, they could have overdone it, but they mm -hmm. didn't. You know, like, it was very subtle. Yep. I mean, like, I, like when we were talking about it a little bit before, um, I noticed one thing. Like, I felt that it was kind of necessary because where the character goes in the show, he ends up, you know, meeting his sister and he has to deal with something. And they're down in Louisiana, which is very known for very a lot of people that are very considered I racist. I live there. Yeah, my daughter was and born. And so I, I got the reasoning behind them doing that for that scene. So for the fact that because of where they were, they thought that would be a very culturally correct thing to do for the series. You know, I don't feel like they were doing it to like bash anything or like say anything to a certain extent, you know, like doing certain things. But I think that it was to basically give you like a realistic view of where Sam is from. And I think that's what they were trying to go for. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I do. I think that, um, I mean, look, we, we tomorrow night we're gonna be we're gonna be all over this for probably two and a half three hours. So like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's kill it there, man, because it's gonna be seven hours later. Yeah, we're gonna be all over it tomorrow night. Um, and Perry will be uh, Perry will be a part of it. How you doing, Perry? I hope you're I hope you're checking this out, man. All right, so let's Perry. jump on, let's jump on another trailer. All right, let's watch another trailer and get into another series and actually get get some get some progress going on with this this show. <laughs> Let's see. What should we what should we go with? Let's go with Loki. Okay. Get your hands off. Taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Where well, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Talkie, talkie. How long have you been here? I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up.
What did you expect? Oh, okay, so, all right. As far as Loki goes, all I can really say is that that trailer is great. I mean, I loved watching it the first time. I thought it was awesome, um, and I think, I think it's still awesome. And honestly, uh, they haven't really released that much information about the whole series. We don't know that much about the plot, really, other than the fact that, um, of course, Loki got the um, the Tesseract, uh when the Avengers went back in time, you know, to get to regain the Infinity Stones, uh, and he got the Tesseract, and so basically he started like skipping time, like left and right, you know, and jumping from reality to reality or whatever, universe to universe. And in that wake, he left behind female versions of himself, kid versions of himself, and you know, like old man versions of himself and like all kinds of different versions of himself in different realities, kind of how kind of like how Kang the Conqueror does stuff mm. a little bit. Um, which is gonna be interesting to see. You know, like that that's an interesting dynamic that's gonna be going on in the show is there's gonna be multiple Loki's of different age, you know, gender, you know, color, like, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see. But my one main thing, my one main take on the 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 trailer for me, what really like sticks with me is um Owen Wilson as the TVA agent. Like he's great. You know, like uh I forgot how much I like Owen Wilson as an actor. You know, like he's great in the in the trailer. He really is. His um his dialogue is, is excellent. His the wit. His wit and sarcasm is great, and I think that you you know the TVA is the Time Variance the Authority, uh, the Time Variance Authority Cyber. Um, mm. They're like, they're like the Time Cops. Oh, okay. The MCU, that's what they do. You know, okay. they're they're, they're a, a, an agency that deals with timelines and time and everything and whatnot. Um, and they monitor time, like uh, like the TVA and Kang have a big like you know, uh, like hate, hate, you know, kind of dynamic or whatever. Cause Kang like okay. all over the place with time and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was great to see old Wilson. It really was. And, um, I mean, as far as Tom Hiddleston goes, I mean, honestly, I think sometimes I even don't even realize how popular he is in the MCU. People love him. Yeah, I I think he's fantastic. I absolutely have loved him since the first time I saw him in Thor 1 uh, as Loki. I think he's a great character. I think he's really evolved the character over the last, you know, decade. Because uh, Thor 1 now is 10 years old now this year. Yeah. Because uh, it came out in 2011. And um, so it's like his evolution of the character, how he went from how he was in the first Thor to how he was in the Infinity War, and then getting to see that same kind of older Loki take the Tesseract in Endgame, you're kind of like, ooh, we get to see that Loki all over again. Uh, but at the same time, you're just like, you can't help not to like Tom Hiddleston. You just, you, over the years, you just kind of like have become more and more fancy to him and i always enjoy seeing him on the big screen in any marvel thing there was and so when they decided that they were going to do a loki series i was like like ecstatic i was like 
oh, this is going to be awesome. But it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the series goes. Some of the fact that they're already filming season two. I know that that's interesting that they already are, that they already are filming season two. I mean, um, it's interesting how there's only going to be certain specific series that are that are going to be able to be carried on into a second season. Uh-huh. And I think that at this point, there are certain shows we can kind of look at right now and say to ourselves, like maybe they'll get a second season uh-huh. compared to different compared to other shows like WandaVision. I don't see a second season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier happening because um, those those characters are just going to elevate into the MCU stratosphere. Yep. You know, um, like that's that's what the, that's what that series is going to do for them. It's going to like soar their popularity as characters in the MCU to the roof, and then to cap that off, we're going to get a new Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, that's black. Yeah. Which I think is dope as shit. I really mm-hmm. do. Honestly, I thought it was dope right from jump. I never missed a beat. When when Cap gave him the she- Sam the shield, I was like, "Yes, good. He deserves it." Yeah, that was my take on it. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's interesting. It really is. Uh, Loki's an interesting character. These series are are difficult to read at this point because I mean, really, we don't know the plots that much about them. Like, we really don't know. You know, it's kind of like Spider-Man 3. Like, Spider-Man 3 is like an enigma, an enigma almost. It's like we have, you know, we know some facets of it and some characters, but in terms of trying to understand the plot, good luck. Yeah, yeah most definitely, most definitely. I mean, yeah. it's been very tight-lipped on most of these series, even since they were said that they're going to be coming out. I mean, if you think about it, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, you really didn't get a plot point to it till almost what was it a, I feel only a couple months before it was going to come out so I mean you knew it was coming out you knew that they filmed it you knew that you know we're going to get the story about Bucky and, and Sam but you didn't really get any plot points of like what they were going to be doing so I feel like that's going to be kind of the rhythm for these shows as they come along uh, hopefully maybe we'll get more information you know before you know before the show comes out yeah, uh, you never know. You know how Marvel is. They like to leave things to the very last minute to get you so psyched for it that like, oh, what's this going to do, you know? Yeah, they do. They like that. They're good at it, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, uh, look, um, as far as Loki goes, you know, I think it's going to be a great show. I think I think you're right. Tom Hiddleston is awesome as Loki. He's been great. I mean, he was a great villain in the original Avengers film. He was a great villain. Um, he really was. I mean, you know, he uh, he um, really carved his 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 uh, notch in the MCU in that film. And um, at this point, I'm just amazed he's still playing Loki. I really am. I'm like, you know, it's surprising to me. True. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the characters, you know, if they've been doing this for so long, they seem to have wanted to stop playing the characters. I mean. You know, Tom Hiddleston, though, he's, he likes playing Loki. He likes playing it, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I don't know if he said it in interviews. I do know that Paul Bettany has said in interviews that he will play Vision till the day he dies. Yeah. So, I mean, 
that right there, when you love a character enough to keep playing it and, and don't care if you get typecast or whatever like that, that to me shows that you really are into your character. And I see a lot of these bigger, you know, you know, actors and stuff like that, that, you know, oh, I've been playing this character for so long and I, I, I want to venture off and do something else. But yet that character is what's putting all that money into your pocket. Why would you stop playing that character? So when a when a ca- actor decides to keep playing a character, I'm always very impressed because I feel that they know what the fans want. They know that this is a good character that they can change and alter over the years and make it better. And that's what I feel Tom Hiddleston's done with this character. I really do. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, Cyber, I saw Tom. Oops. Uh, I lost you. <laughs> uh, so yes, we have lost Jeff. I'm here. Sorry about that. I don't know how, I don't know how that happened. Um. Anyways, so no. Uh, honestly, I saw Tom hilarious in a like a uh, I don't know maybe a, a TNT or like a uh, or a um I don't know. So it was one of the channels like miniseries that he did right uh, where he was playing like uh, like a um almost like an anti-hero type kind of role or whatever. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this guy's very talented as an actor. Like, he's very well-rounded. Like, he's he's capable of doing different things as an actor, you know. And what I think that really lends to is that I think there's something to playing these superhero roles in, in the MCU. I think there's something to, like, the whole superhero genre that is just, like, is awesome for these actors. Once you get involved and you get trapped into it and you become a part of it, it's like a, it's like a um, you know uh, I mean I can't imagine what it's like. I mean you know what I'm saying. I mean imagine playing a superhero. Like I mean you know it's got to leave an impact on you. Like imagine Chris Evans right now playing Captain America for ten years and like how yeah. big he became. You know like um, the whole rivalry with Tony Stark and him and you know, um, with the, with the fans and the popularity and everything and whatnot, like there's no way that playing Iron Man didn't leave a mark on Robert Downey Jr. As a man, as a person, yeah. it had to have, you know, like he's not the same person that he would have been. Yeah. Most definitely. If, I mean, not for playing Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like you see a lot of actors that when they have to play really dark characters and affects them very much because they had to go to a very dark place to portray that character. So why wouldn't that be the same for somebody that's playing a superhero, you know, where they had to go somewhere that they're usually not used to, you know, being this person that has such a huge weight on their shoulders, having to protect the world and having to, you know, think of things to save people with, you know, and so forth like that. So, you know, having to do that for so long and that becoming kind of a daily part of your life that would impact you. So I'm sure Robert Downey Jr., I'm sure Chris Evans, both of them have taken a lot away from these characters that they portrayed and have, you know, basically it has made them better people because of portraying this such positive characters of people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, oh, yeah. I totally see that impacting them. Yeah, it has to leave a mark. It does. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, now that I think about it, Cyber, what I think we should do is I think we should – what overall for this this the whole scheme of this whole like this you know, do the Disney Plus series, what I think we should do is probably like two part this down the road. Like, you know, I think we should probably we'll keep going. 
but I think probably you know we're not going to go we're not going to get crazy. We'll call it a decent time, and then we'll just get together and team up, and hopefully Wilfredo will bounce back and he'll join us or whatever you know, or Logan will come in and join us or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, we'll bang it out and we'll finish it up and and wrap up the rest of it, you know, yeah. because I mean, um, you know, like I said when we first started talking, like. I figured that the the whole dynamic would shift a little bit with the show because I enjoy personally talking to you about the MCU like I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at that point, you know, it kind of changed the the tenor of like where things were going to go direction wise just because with Wilfredo on the show, it's going to probably be more like, uh, you know, um, serious and like probably, you know, get more into my notes and you know, drop like, you know, the, the actors and actresses names that are playing the characters in the series, like and all that stuff. And, you know, what I know about the plot so far with you, you know, there's a comfort level there where we can kind of just riff and, you know, look like, honestly, I think that this is what's awesome about the MCU. It doesn't matter if you're a comic book fan or, if you started with the movies or, or what the deal is, it doesn't matter if you just started becoming an MCU fan a year ago or six months ago, mm-hmm. or if one was your first experience. Like yeah. once you get uh, become a part of it, you get locked into it. And it's just like such an enormous entity. Like there's so much to it yeah. um, that, I mean, you know, basically I think that like Loki could be, I don't want to say it's going to be the shining star of all the Disney Plus series, but it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like WandaVision. It's not going to be like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's another individual character just on their own individually, other than Loki and Tom Hiddleston, that could carry a show by themselves like he can. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the characters that we have seen throughout the MCU, uh, there are certain characters that seem like better side characters than a solo adventure. And so I think that's probably what one of Marvel's strategies is, is that they include these great people that make the MCU great, but are great as side characters and add them into other movies that, you know, the other actors are just a little bit more capable of leading a film. And even, you know, some of them sure could lead their own film if they wanted to, but I don't think it would have the same impact how they're doing it. Uh, I mean, like you were saying, yeah, Tom Henderson or as Loki is probably one of the best key, like other lead person to have their own show. I mean, we get, we're getting Hawkeye is going to be doing one, you know, training his protege. Uh, I mean, and then there's definitely the other aspect of, like we got the Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of having their kind of like almost it's almost like their solo outing, but it, they're both together in the show. Uh, but like anybody else that I can think of right now, I don't see any of them having the high regards to be able to do their own show at this point because there's not enough information about certain characters. I mean, definitely, I think I would watch a Hulk TV show. I definitely would because I think that Mark Ruffalo is amazing as B- Banner. Like, he's done a great job since he got introduced in the Avengers. Uh, I definitely would watch that. And I think he could do well with portraying that. And even if they finally decide to do a Hulk film by itself, 
which I'm hoping they will, um, it would be great to see him back as that character. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it, it makes you wonder, though, how's, how is it going to work out with him as Professor Hulk? You know, like, I mean, he really, like, uh, got smaller. I mean, he really did. He's not as powerful as he was before. He's not the same Hulk. And it's interesting to me to see what they're going to do with that character because um, to, del to, to move on from Loki to delve into She-Hulk, um, you know, he could end up playing – Mark Ruffalo could pl play a big role in the She-Hulk series. Yeah. You know, they're cousins. Jennifer, Jennifer Walters is cousins to Bruce Banner. Mm -hmm. And – it's already been uh, made, you know, known uh, by Kevin Feige that Mark Ruffalo is going to be a component of the series. Um, the Abomination is going to be back, mm -hmm. which is going to be interesting to see. He's been out. Of, he's been on the shelf for a minute. Yeah, so, you know, Since I mean, 2008. Yeah, yeah, it'll be funny. It'll be interesting to see see what his whole you know deal will be. Um, I often wonder to myself, like. What kind of cell do they have him in or whatever that he can't get out of? You know, like he's so strong. It's interesting, you know. I mean, when you think yeah, about Yeah, I mean uh, last time we saw, you know, the Hulk defeated him, of course, and he was in those chains and stuff like that. So we definitely know Thunderbolt Ross did something with him, but we don't know exactly where he's been this whole time. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually kind of go into depth, kind of like what he's been up to since then. And the fact that, you know, this is a, you know, creature that is just so immense, like you're saying, like, how did they contain him? I mean, even in the Age of Ultron, when, you know, Tony Stark created that bin thing to capture Hulk himself, the Hulk still broke out of it. And, yeah. you know, he is considered not as strong as Abomination. So it, it, it's kind of interesting, like, what they're going to do to, like, bring him back. And especially with him being gone so long, is he going to look different? Is he going to be portrayed differently? And so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that character. I think he's been on the raft. I think they have a. I think they they made a cell for him on the raft with you know where they that that like uh, that island jail or whatever they have there where that they was in Civil War. Yeah, I think that's where he okay. is. On the raft. and uh, somehow they, they built a cell for him or whatever that yeah. contained him. I guess. I mean. Um, you know, it, it is interesting. That's that's one thing that's fun about like the MCU, and it's what's that's fun about these series is that they're going to throw characters into the mix like that. I mean, uh, Daredevil supposedly is going to pop up during She-Hulk. You know, it might uh, not okay. be Daredevil; it might be Matt Murdock, a lawyer. You know, like that might be like his only role on the show is him as a lawyer. Yeah. Um, or maybe he'll suit up and be Daredevil. I mean, I hope he does. I hope he does. Yeah, I love Daredevil. I do. Um, I always will. Uh, going back to my comic book days, I always really enjoyed reading the Frank Miller run of Daredevil. Mm. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Frank Miller before. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. he did Daredevil for a couple of years. And I didn't realize right that. Now, yeah. It was a good I mean, book. I knew he did, like, he was, uh, he did 300, he did Watchmen. Um, he did, he's done a lot of, I know he's done a lot of different comics. He did Wolverine. But I did not realize he did any MCU stuff, so that's really cool to know. Oh yeah, he did Daredevil, he did the X Men. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. He's done a actually. He's done a lot of MCU characters. He has. Hmm. Yeah, he did I the Dark Knight, Batman. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, and that's that's what he's like. One of the things he's mainly known for is, oh. is the Dark Knight. 
series okay. the comics like when that came out he started that whole deal like you know before there ever was like the dark knight movies there was the dark knight comics okay. and he penned them you know like um you know and like and and took batman to that dark place like where he became like a gray character mm. you know, like an anti-hero you know like capable yeah. of you know like intense violence at times and you know like questioning whether or not he should kill people and, and stuff like that you know like that kind of stuff yeah um i'm not like you know me personally uh, my DC, my dceu knowledge is not that great it's not um i think i'm gonna have to go ahead and purchase hbo max so i can watch the snyder cut <laughs> i'm hearing like really good things about it oh my god it was epic it was epic. Did you watch the whole four hours of it in one All shot? Four hours in a row. Yep. No. The night he came out, the the Friday that it came out, or Thursday, sorry, Thursday night when it came out. After I got home from work, I I started watching it at midnight and was done with it at four. Did you get HBO Max like right from the jump when you heard about the Snyder Cut or something like that? No, actually, I got I got HBO Max before even the Snyder Cut was a thing, because um, we saw that it was that there was going to be some exclusives on it uh, when it was first being announced back in the day. And uh, we got it. We've got it from the get-go. Plus also because we got it at a certain time, we get a reduced rate too at the same time. So, well, I'll tell you right now, I've got, I just, I just upped my phone plan and I've got free Disney plus. So I'm going to go ahead and cancel my Disney plus and get my free subscription and start getting that going. And, Honestly, maybe I'll, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll cancel Hulu. Well, no, you know what? I don't, I can't do that because I, I love the anime on there. Hulu has a lot of anime mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm starting to get into anime more because not, I enjoy it. Some anime I enjoy, not all of it, but some of it I really do enjoy. And I like the storytelling and whatnot, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and I love, I love the action in some of the shows, uh, but it's also fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I was never huge into anime growing up. It probably wasn't until I was in my 20s that I really started to watch any anime. Uh, so as you know, as I progressed over the years, I've watched more and more anime. And uh, one of the best ones I've ever seen that I have enjoyed was a uh, one called Ninja Scroll. Absolutely amazing film absolutely love that film that was really awesome and it's got lots of great action great artwork and just a really cool story too i'd never heard of that before yeah it came out in like 95 i believe 95 94 uh it's a japanese anime and uh i don't know if it's i don't know if you can stream it anywhere you might be able to but it's if you get a chance to watch it it's really awesome i'm i'm trying to get into uh naruto uh yep a lot uh, of people love that. Yeah, Shippuden or whatever, or you know, I'm trying to get into it. It's it's very slow going. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of characters, a lot of details, and you know, I mean, it's you know, there's a lot to it. But yeah, um, honestly, Cyber, I'll tell you what, man. Listen, why don't we call it for tonight? I think you know, honestly, we've talked a lot. I mean, um, I've had a good time. It's been fun, you know. Um, and why don't we regroup and tackle the rest of these disney plus series they'll give me some more time to kind of do a little more research too um and why don't we just go ahead and get some rest since we got we got to bounce back tomorrow night and get get up with perry all right
That works. That works. So, um, everybody out there, thank you very much. We really appreciate you joining us. It was great. I mean, I hope you enjoyed the video. I hope you enjoyed me and Cyber. You know, I mean, we're you know we're good guys. We love the MCU. And uh, you know, I mean, we're good. We're real fans. We are. You know, like we we genuinely really enjoy it. And we enjoy working together. You know, and Cyber, thank you very much for coming on with me. I appreciate. No you know, uh, thank you for like for being the man and like standing up and whatnot when we lost a guest and holding your holding it down. No problem. No problem. I appreciate it. And everybody out there, I just want to let you know that again, as usual, I appreciate any one of you that takes the time to uh, check out our live streams, that checks out our podcasts. We're actually going to probably change things up and do some some actual audio podcasts. I think cyber i think you probably would agree that's that probably would be fun to kind of change things up a little bit you know oh, yeah. i'm looking forward to doing some more podcasts they're very much fun very yeah much they fun. are they are it is a different kind of environment it is yeah um, most definitely it's a little bit more especially you don't have that visual you you have to be very cerebral into what listen to a podcast you can imagine all the kind of craziness that's going on so it's, that makes it a lot more fun i feel too it does it takes a little pressure off of you yeah you know, I mean, uh, but I mean, I don't mind being on camera and whatnot, you know, but I mean, um, you know, you're right. Like when, you know, when you're doing your podcasting, you can, you can kind of like free wheel a little bit, which is yeah. nice, you know, but, um, anyways, listen, uh, everybody have a great night yep. and, uh, have a great day tomorrow and nine o'clock PM Eastern time, 6 PM Pacific. We're going to be doing our Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one review uh episode two kind of like you know short preview we'll probably do we're gonna throw the promos up the promo trailers that marvel studios has thankfully thrown out for us to, to go ahead and watch and we'll check that out and whatnot and uh perry will be back and be back all right cyber have a good night brother you too brother bye everybody bye, -bye.